0: fat prat if you're listening to this and you're trying to achieve a fitness goal whether that be weight loss body composition gaining muscle or any of the other goals that fall under the fitness category you've probably wondered what areas of your life you need to improve upon to achieve that goal faster there's really only two areas you have to worry about exercise and nutrition And in today's episode, we break down each of them in a one through three rating system that you can give yourself today to figure out where you can make the most improvement right now. Hey everybody, how you doing? I am John. I'll be your host today, and this is the Fat Prat Chat. If you've listened to all the previous episodes, like most of you have because you're such loyal listeners, then you know the drill. If you're a new listener, we are a gym in uh, Martinsville, New Jersey. We train adults and athletes to be more confident and have a greater quality of life. It's simple as that. Today's episode really doesn't need an intro. It's pretty self-explanatory. However, I had to clear a few things up, so what I did... Besides for me just going to talk a little bit because I know you don't want me to talk too much, I'm actually in the process of making um, a slideshow to really like show you a visual of what James and I talk about today because we talk about a rating system of quantity and quality of both exercise and nutrition and it gets a little confusing and we confused ourselves uh, multiple times because high quantity exercise might be a good thing but high quantity food is not always a good thing. So when we're flip-flopping around versus low and high and, and rating system and this and that, I, I have to say I did a stellar editing job uh, getting this podcast to kind of seamlessly go through towards the end when James and I were kind of going back and forth. So hopefully you don't even notice my edits in there uh, as you get to the end. But stay tuned for that. Um, Not stay tuned. Uh, What am I saying? That by the time this comes out, it'll be ready. So by the time this comes out, there'll be a link in the show notes that you guys can go down and click maybe after the podcast if you want. It'll probably make more sense after. uh, Will you get a visual? And I'll talk over that through a video to really break down and explain further the concept we talked about in here. So really simple. What we're going to do today is give you a rating system, number one through number three of exercise and as well as nutrition so if you are a six out of six that means you got a three on each category then you're doing an awesome job if you are a one out of six you know actually the lowest score in our scoring system is a two out of six you'll see why if you're a two out of six you got some work to do and if you're anywhere in between that's really where probably most people lie and you're gonna you're gonna find out today where you need to do the improvement All right. So there's nothing else needed here. You're going to get right into the episode and then check out that link in the show notes after uh, for a link to me going over all the information that we went over here uh, in a little more depth, which I think is going to be helpful and needed for some of you visual learners who aren't just audio learners. Enjoy, everybody. All right, James, what are we talking about today?
1: Let's talk about my weight fluctuations over the last week and a half or so.
0: Yeah, they've been wild, from what I hear. So, for the rumor on the street is James has <laughs> gained all sorts of weight. Fat Pratt back in the
1: house. Yeah, know, someone mentioned to me a week and a half ago in passing, like, "Yeah, it looks uh, if I had to guess, you've gained about four or five pounds." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Uh, maybe." And then I looked in the mirror and immediately thought that my shirt was a little tighter than usual. <laughs> like, you know, maybe I did. Um, so I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna weigh myself. So after one of the days that I ate a decent amount, I'm like, I'm probably in a little bit of a high flux, I'm gonna get on the scale. I was 205.0 pounds, which usually I'm a touch over 200 or a touch below 200. Like I very seldomly go above 203 and I'd seldomly go below 197. Uh, so 205, a little bit on the high side, um, and just figured I'd weigh myself for the next bunch of days just to see if I was truly in a high flux of 205 or if that was now my normal weight. Mm, there you go. Uh, so next day, 203.8. The day after that, 202.4. Had a big meal. This was a Wednesday. Had a big meal last Wednesday. Went up to 204.8. The next day, 204.2. Uh, this weekend, I wasn't here, but ate a decent amount uh sunday afternoon i was 204 still and then had a big meal sunday an easter sunday meal and then the next morning yesterday morning i woke up weighed myself and i was 208.2 oh
0: my gosh 208 so that 205 is sounding a lot like maybe it is your weight
1: so and then yesterday i had a very normal eating day super normal weighed myself this morning 203.2 two oh three point two so whoo this is why it's important to figure out what your weekly average is from yeah a perspective.
0: totally important
1: because if i got on the scale just on monday just yesterday if i got on the scale just yesterday and i saw 208 oh boy i would have been freaking out and i would have known it was a high flux but i wouldn't have known it was that high relative to the average of the last week so, you were
0: down, what was your lowest, 202 point something?
1: 202.4. So
0: same thing. If you got on the scale that day, you'd be like, hey, I'd be like, I'm doing great, it. awesome. I'm killing it. That guy said I was fat. Yeah. Nope, I am not at all. <laughs> that guy's wrong. And then you go about your business and you wouldn't realize that you actually were averaging a little higher. You just happened to be on a low day. And I think that's, I mean, I've seen it so many times. People get lost on that Exactly because for some people, a lot of people, getting on the scale every day is really tough for them to do. It's like the roller coaster ride of like high and low every day and they can't handle it. And I've been there with people, personal clients who like, we celebrate like crazy. Hey, I'm down three pounds. I'm like, that's great. I'm going to celebrate with you. And like in, my, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know they're coming back up tomorrow.
1: Like, Don't eat lunch. <laughs> yep. So like,
0: then the next day they're like, oh man, like I'm back up too. I'm like, you're still down one. Yep. Like it, it's fine. You need yep. to do it. And like, you know, we've been over uh, one, one person in particular that I used to work with months of this and like they never got used to the fluctuations. It was mind boggling to me because I'm like, hey, there, there's fluctuations. We know this. We've been over this every single week, every day we go over this. And yet you still get crazy depressed when you see a high day. So uh, that person, they're more likely to not weigh themselves. And then what will happen is they're going to pray for a really good day on the scale and hope that it's a light day. But really, there's no useful information. Yep. If you don't weigh yourself every day, there's no useful information to make a change. And that's what I did in the last turkey trim that uh, I actually started losing weight a little too quickly uh, based on my strategies in last turkey trim. So I actually just used the scale like you did every single day to guide myself to say, can I eat a little more? Should I eat a little more? Yes, I probably should. On this pace, I'm going a little too fast. I'm going to hit a wall, which isn't going to be good. So I literally used it to scale every single day to guide myself.
1: Yep, 100%. Crazy. And it's like if I saw a 203, if I just weighed myself at 203, I wouldn't have known if I was in a higher low flux, uh, depending on if I ate like a normal day. So I really don't know like what, what value I would have gotten out of 203. But let's say if I weighed in two days ago for the summer shred at 208 and then I lost five pounds overnight, I would have thought, hey, two more days and I'm going to be my goal of 15 pounds. <laughs> Uh, just like that but ultimately I, I think that's probably it, that seems to be right around my average maybe a little bit lower but I couldn't believe the uh, the four pound weight gain for Sunday dinner and then the five pound weight loss that's nuts isn't it and yesterday was a very I would guess I had 2400 <clears throat> calories yesterday uh, it's not like I starved myself by any means
0: that's what used to get people. It was the days where, and I believe them. Sometimes I didn't believe them, but a lot of times I did. Like, hey, I was perfect yesterday. Why did I not lose weight? I'm yep. like, it's not that simple. It's not just about 24 hours sometimes. And the amount of water your body can hold for a million reasons is huge variable. So like, it was so frustrating. Like, I was perfect and it didn't go down. Yep. So they're like, you know what? Today,
1: I'm not gonna yep. be perfect. <laughs>
0: Because Who cares? Yep. It doesn't work anyway.
1: Yep. Now, if, imagine yesterday if I was so depressed over 208, uh, which I was like half depressed. Uh, but if I was super depressed over 208.2 that I starved myself yesterday, I could have probably lost another two, two and a half pounds. And I would have lost seven, seven and a half pounds in a day. And I would have thought, oh, you know what? I was positively reinforced to starve myself so much that I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I go on this starvation diet for four or five days. I lose 11 pounds, but then I'm even more depressed over the amount of starvation I'm feeling than I am over the weight that was on the scale a few days ago. Then I decided, decided to start eating again. <laughs> and then away, right back out. Right it. back. Just a
0: vicious cycle. Yeah. It really is, yeah.
1: But I'm, uh, I'm interested in kind of playfully going along with the summer shred concept and just trying to pay more attention to my body weight over the next few weeks um maybe eating out a little bit less, which I've been making a lot of Instagram posts on uh, drinking less alcohol. I think just those two things for me, if I just don't go out on a Friday and Saturday night, uh, and then I drink some more water and then like, you know don't have alcohol on the weekends, I you know I, I'd love to see what my body weight ends up at after just a couple of weeks of doing something like that. and if I sit at the lower end of what my average weight is, uh, and if I can maintain that for a little bit.
0: I'll have to rename the podcast at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: It'd be uh, lean lean Pratt chat.
1: <laughs> so the I got a few questions in the last 12 hours that like had my mind spinning. Um, not that we get them all the time, but just like the way they came back to back. I got a, a lengthy text from somebody uh, on the that I train on the app, and then I got another message. Is that an advertisement for a true coach? So- <laughs> From someone else. This portion else. of the podcast. So, you just by in case you don't live coach. in the area, or if you know somebody that's not in the area and they love to train with us, but they can't really make it here.
0: <laughs> Do you want to train but can't find a gym in the area? Do you live in a gym? What's it called? Uh, a gym desert? Are there no gyms within ten miles of you? Well, we might have something that's perfect for you.
1: Uh, but between the the questions I had from the app, uh, a text that I received, and uh, a point that somebody made this morning, it really made me think of a couple of things. One, the quality and the quantity associated with both exercise and nutrition and how important those things are. And how if we look at it from the perspective of like a continuum of low-quality, low-quantity exercise all the way to high-quality, high-quantity exercise. And then we look at it from the perspective of nutrition of low-quality, low, quanti- low high-quantity food all the way to high-quality lower quantity
0: my mind's spinning already this is nuts <laughs>
1: um so the point that we were talking about this a little bit before we before we went on air <laughs> we were talking about this a little bit before we went on air and that the words kind of mean something different that john pointed out is that when you think about exercise and you think about high quantity that's good low quantity exercise not as good right uh, but then from the perspective of nutrition lower quantity is better than higher quantity, and that's all respective to the quality of the food, of course, but I think that just makes common sense that we could all kind of understand this better. Exercise, higher quantity equals greater. Uh, for nutrition, lower quantity equals greater. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense so far. I'm tracking with you. We got a couple graphs that we're gonna try to uh, <laughs> take the visual and convert it to audio <laughs> it right now. It took years <laughs> to come up with this stuff. By using our brains and our voices, and we're not sure if we could do this.
1: This is where the video would come into play. Yeah. We need need to get that going. Um, So, all right. Let's talk about... Let's talk about exercise first. you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one's easier to understand, I think, for most people. So, let's talk about that.
1: So, you could almost look at this as like the the two-by-two box of like uh, recessive and dominant genes that everyone probably did in high school science class.
0: Yeah, that was like sophomore Uh, (laughs) year biology or something.
1: Uh, but let's look at it from the perspective of those two words. So from exercise, we have to talk about what high quality and what low quality exercise is for each person. So what would you consider to be low quality exercise?
0: Uh, First and foremost, low quality is something that you probably struggle to get through uh, without feeling pain. So like your, your joints are hurting you while you're doing it or you are severely uh, in pain the next day, to the which point it affects your ability to work out for the next few days. We're talking about not just your muscles, but your joints primarily, um, or stuff that just, you know, hurts you and completely takes you out for a couple weeks at a time. So that's the first thing that comes to mind with low quality exercise. And I think some of that's harder to distinguish than others because it creeps, it creeps in a little more than it does, you know, come in real hard.
1: Yeah, that definitely that. And, um, I guess, underwhelming exercises, like the exercise selection just being so underwhelming that it's considered low quality from the perspective of changing your body composition.
0: Yeah, that you would know? be the next where I would say just a bad return on your investment for the time spent. And that's yeah. that's the harder category, I think, for people to understand, because everybody tells them that this is the best exercise, whatever it is in the YouTube thumbnail to make you click it. Um, But realistically, there's a lot of exercises that don't do that much for you and you're wasting a lot of time on them. So that's bad quality exercise if you can define those.
1: Boom. And then high quality. What would you say is high quality?
0: Uh, Well, to the opposite of what we just said, exercises that give you a good return on your investment, right? And it's usually the simpler stuff. It's usually the stuff that's not that flashy. It's pretty simple. It's done at a uh, high intensity or a perceived intensity. So like you're going to push to like a level nine or eight out of 10 on that individual exercise, and it's a very simple exercise, you're really not gonna get hurt on it. Uh, And it's gonna be a good use of your time spent in the gym versus maybe doing a half hour of some lower quality exercises that really don't push the needle
1: that much. Boom. Bingo. And in a nutshell, that's probably the toughest one to explain, the lower and the higher quality exercises. Now, if we think about quantity, uh, we'll say what would we consider low quantity exercise? And of course, this is subjective. If you haven't done exercise at all in the last 15 years, then doing five minutes is high quantity and that's great. But let's just say for the average person, what would we consider to be lower quantity exercise versus higher quantity exercise? Yeah, this, is a,
0: this is a tough one. It's so we have to just ultra simplify it to you know the best we can just to speak to the people who listen to this podcast, right? So uh, in my mind, if you're doing less than a half hour, probably not doing much of, of an individual day of exercise so we would like to aim for close to an hour if you get above a half hour maybe you're at home you're doing something at home or whatever i think you can push the needle that way enough um and then i'm just going by in my own life like what i've seen work in my own life below a half hour of strength training doesn't do that much Got it. Um, for my cardio you know in the summer when i run on the weekends 20 minutes of running does a lot for me it's supplemental to my strength training so mm. you gotta take that into consideration
1: yep So we'll call sub 30 minutes per day, lower quantity, how many days per week?
0: Uh, 3 days per week, I think is a really good target for a lot of people to aim for. Again, not the person who is doing nothing right now, and you just got off the couch, three days a week, it might even be too much for you at a half hour. Uh, But for generally speaking, three days.
1: Love it. Very simple John Fink's model of quantity exercise, low, lesser than 30 minutes per day, and less than three days, three days a week or less.
0: Yeah, if you get there, you're falling into the low quantity. And three. if you're if you're at that, you're kind of at the lower end of the quantity anyway. But you're in the range that we'd like to see.
1: Nice. So, lesser than ninety minutes, I guess. What we could, if we were to say, across a seven day time frame, if you're going to be working out for less than ninety minutes per week, you're in the lower quantity. So we know what the higher, the lower, and the higher quality exercise definitions are. Now we know what the lower and higher quantity exercises are. Now, you guys are all gonna grade yourself on a one through three point scale in determining how high or low quality and quantity your exercise is. In the first example, you give yourself one point. If you don't exercise at all, (laughs) if you have low quality exercise and low quantity exercise, guess what? You still get a point, you know why? because you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) So you get one point.
0: All right. So that category, to be clear, is somebody that is low quality of exercise and simultaneously low quantity. It's not where we want you to be, but you still get one point. (laughs) So you're a number one.
1: There you go. Uh, Two. So you get two points if you have one of those two from a quality and quantity perspective. So let's say you have really low quality exercise. You don't have the greatest exercise selection, you probably do things outside your capabilities, you potentially get injured a lot, or you potentially have low quality exercise from the perspective of underwhelming exercise selection. Then try to rate yourself in saying, my quality of my exercise is either good or bad. And then let's say you have low quality exercise, but you exercise a lot. So you have high quantity, but low quality exercise. If that's you, Congratulations. You just you just earned two points. Oh, look at that. Here's somebody that I think
0: falls into that category that we've talked about a previous podcast uh, that I think a lot of people can resonate with somebody that does nothing but cardio, but they do it every single day. Mm. So we've talked about the uh, benefits of cardio. We've talked about uh, the drawbacks of doing nothing but cardio. So let's take somebody that's seven days a week and they're doing 30 minutes of cardio each day, seven days a week. We would say, give yourself two points because you fall into our quantity category. You're killing it on quantity, but the quality over the course of those seven days is actually low. You actually could do a lot better on the quality of your selection of exercise and incorporate some strength moves or even body weight strength moves and do less cardio conditioning work.
1: Boom, two points. But you still get two points. Two points. Now the inverse. Let's say you have high quality exercise. Like you get some, uh, you get some professional help. You choose the right exercise. You spend the majority of your time performing resistance training, uh, and we'll consider that high quality exercise. But you don't really work out that much. You work out for like, you know, one or two sessions a week for thirty minutes or forty-five minutes or less. So your total quantity for the course of the week is sub ninety minutes. But the exercise quality is really high. If that's you. Congratulations, you earned two points. All right,
0: so we have our ones and twos so far.
1: Ones and twos. Now, obviously, to three points, you step behind that three-point line, and you drain a three if you have high-quality and high-quantity exercise. So you're working out three, four, five, six days per week, and you have really good exercise selection, appropriately challenging, that progresses in difficulty over time. Congratulations, you are a high-quality, high-quantity exerciser, and you have just earned yourself a three-point shot. A
0: three-point shot. Do you think everybody listening knows what a three-point shot is? I hope so. Come I on. I guarantee there's a few people who Come don't on. know what we're talking about right there's now. There's no way. Yeah. They don't even know what sport we're referencing. I guarantee. We're going to find you, it out if after you next don't week know when this what a,
1: comes if, if, you, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a three-point shot is, please let us know.
0: Actually, just give take away a point if you don't know. If you don't know <laughs> what a three-point shot is and you thought you were a three, you're now a two.
1: So we have your point system for exercise. You had one, two, or three points. Nah. Let's move over to nutrition. And this is what we were talking about before from a quantity standpoint. We'll say lower quantity. We'll consider we'll consider high quantity eating way too much food over the course of a day. And then we'll consider low quantity the appropriate to slightly lesser than the daily recommended amount of food that you should eat in a day. Does that make sense?
0: So far, yeah.
1: And then we'll consider high-quality foods. Now I know this can get dangerous because no foods are really off limits in the general scenario that you're trying to create a calorie sur- uh, deficit. But we'll consider high-quality foods; those are more calorie dense. No. Less calorie no. dense. Yeah, I was tracking with it. <laughs> Less the calorie thing. dense.
0: Higher so, quality, lower caloric density. Boom. go. Just That's, like I said it yeah, the first time. The first time,
1: take that out of the podcast. <laughs> so for each bite, you're actually consuming lesser calories. Yes. So we'll consider those the higher quality foods. And those, what are examples of those? Ah,
0: uh, easiest example would be Everything like salad. In John's garden. Yeah. I mean, fruit is a little controversial. I know people get really up in arms about the carbs. But if you look at the total calories of a piece of fruit versus some other foods are actually quite low. They have a lot of uh, moisture content, so that's not really going against you. So for me, if my in my if in my trusty little lunchbox, if I were to open it, I'd have uh, some vegetables being celery and carrots. Now I do put hummus on there, which is going to throw that off a little bit on the calories because every bite is going to be increased dramatically with how much hummus I put on that. But let's let's keep it really simple and say you're able to eat raw celery and raw carrots, which I personally don't like to do. I don't think James likes to do either. But let's just say you could <laughs> and you like it. Um, those would be extremely low calorie foods, uh, but high quality. Um, any salad that you don't drench with high-calorie dressing would qualify. Um, what else? I mean, it's, it's mostly, for me, the fruits and veggies that, that fall in that category easily. You don't now, self-mine. there's definitely some protein sources that would, too, as well. Uh, lentils, like if you're a vegan or a vegetarian and you want a high-protein, like beans or lentils are going to be a good bang for your buck as far as uh, every bite is not going to cost you that many calories, but it's going to fill you up a lot because you have a high volume.
1: You know, it's so yeah. funny. You don't even know this, but one of the three questions that I got last night, one of them was about hummus.
0: Like, can I eat it?
1: No kidding. Yeah. It was like, is it bad if I eat hummus every day? And I was like, you know, uh, well, I don't, how much, <laughs> you know, uh, how much are you eating of it? Yeah. Like, is it one of those things that you have to have? You're dying to have it. Why not? Just probably yeah. don't eat too much. Of I it usually right tell now.
0: people if eating hummus is the key to you eating vegetables with it, then it's probably a good idea.
1: And if hummus replaces a Twix bar, yeah, oh yeah, then you probably should eat the hummus. Win win.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you got to be a little mindful of that. Um, if every bite has more hummus than vegetable in it, it might be a problem. If you open, a, so if you if you open a like I used to do too. Um, If you open a uh, container of hummus and you eat the whole thing in one sitting, then maybe it's a problem. But if you do what I do and uh, eat—I don't know how many calories in that—probably 400, 500 in a little container of hummus. Uh, If you eat a third to a half of it with a massive amount of
1: vegetables, you know, probably not a big deal. Good deal. Absolutely. So we have our quantity and we have our qualities of food. So uh, and on the other end of that quality spectrum is if you know the super calorie dense foods and that's where if you saw that video that Lauren and I made a while ago I think we filled each uh each little Tupperware with 200 calories Mm -hmm. which for Reese's it was two yeah and then for like oh I forget what the example was but there was something that's like the whole thing was full and it was like Fifteen bites worth, or whatever, mm-hmm. and that was two hundred calories. Meanwhile, I could literally stack the two Reese's peanut butter cups, put them in my mouth at the same time with room to spare, and eat the two hundred calories in about four or five chews in one swallow.
0: Yeah, and still be really hungry, and you're going to eat another four of them right afterwards, and, and still more. be hungry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Exactly. Uh, so we. So I think we're understanding the qualities and the quantity of nutrition, and now let's play that same one through three game. So one. If you eat really low-quality foods and way too much of it, the way I did on Easter Sunday, you still get a point. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, and then for twos, if you eat really high-quality foods, and this is the example that I was talking about this morning, the conversation I was having, if you eat high-quality foods but you eat way too much of it, You could potentially still be in a calorie surplus, gain weight and gain fat while eating food that you don't perceive to be that bad for you. And it goes in line with somebody I was talking to this morning that maybe they ventured a little bit towards the midline of what we would consider high quality food. It's not like they were in a calorie surplus off of carrots and grilled chicken. Um, But they avoided a lot of foods and eliminated a lot of foods that they didn't want to eat because they perceived them as bad. I don't I don't have any candy. I don't have any fast food. I don't eat French fries. There's uh, this process of elimination of all these foods that this particular person doesn't have, uh, which leaves some other foods that are not terrible. But the consumption of them was just way too high from what I was being explained that, you know, if you've been gaining weight, which admittedly was the case for this person, if you've been gaining weight, you know I don't know if you need to be so hyper-focused on eliminating fast food. I think we need to do something in regards to the amount of food you're eating uh, because quantity is your issue, not necessarily quality. The first example that we just spoke about was high quality, but high quantity. Bingo, yeah. That's the example of who I was just talking about. You were just, yeah, okay. High quality, high quantity. Now, if you have low quantity, and low quality. I don't quality, know if we're going to make it through this. Yeah. <laughs> I got hold on I, th- I think we're there. If you have low quality and low quantity, you get to give yourself 2 points in both of those scenarios. And w- at the end of this we're going to summarize the point system yeah. to give yourself a final score. <laughs> we're totally don't worry we're lost right now. <laughs> but for in this scenario, we're thinking about somebody who when they eat, they don't necessarily eat a lot, but they always eat stuff that is really high in calories. And they end up in a calorie surplus despite not eating that much. Now this is the opposite of John Finkst. This is the com- this is the complete opposite person of you. This is someone who doesn't eat a lot of food, but every time they eat, it's
0: it's very calorie dense yes. food Yeah, complete. That's complete opposite of me in my general day to day. I eat a ton of amount of food. I, I keep them just to specify because we're talking about quantity when we say calories. I don't want anybody to confuse the fact that I eat a lot of quantity of food, but I'm still a number three because the quantity of food I eat is by volume. So, by amount of, like, uh, if you want to take it in weight or space it takes up, I guess that's the best way space yep. it takes up. Yep. But it's not high calories. So, therefore, it's not technically considered high quantity by our measuring system right now.
1: Yep, totally. And then we have our three, which is higher quality foods but not to the point of overconsumption from a quantity perspective. And that's the 3 there. And that's that's the that's the mecca of the food 1 through 3 scale that we've taken years to develop is that you want to ultimately at some point eat the highest quality foods at a respectable quantity but not at an overconsumption type quantity. So we have our point system 1 through 3 for both exercise and nutrition. Now, I think if you're honest with yourself, John said the words before, if if this person were honest with themselves, that's the biggest thing, because we don't know how much truth we're even getting in some of these conversations that we're having with people, both from an exercise standpoint and from a nutrition standpoint. Um, I, I suggest hiring a nutrition shrink. Her name is Lauren, where you could just like tell her all of your truths, and then she could cleanse you of your sins. <laughs> um, so from an exercise standpoint, we have a one. You don't do it. Low quality, low quantity. Two, you either exercise at high quality or high quantity, but not both. Three, you exercise at a high quality and a high quantity. From a nutrition standpoint, you eat low quality foods and you eat way too much food. That's a one. A two is you either eat high quality foods or you have a low quantity of food, but you don't do both. And then three, you eat at a very high quality and at the appropriate or lower quantity.
0: Nice. All right. It took now us thirty-five minutes to say this.
1: There <laughs> and now that we've given examples of each of these people, now I want you guys to rate yourself, and then uh, comment in the comment below. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how podcasts work, right? <laughs> But be honest with yourself, on a scale of one through six, because you're gonna add up both of these numbers, what are you one through three for exercise, and what are you one through three on nutrition? I would consider myself a three on exercise, and I would consider myself a two on nutrition. Uh, So if I really want to look at my lowest hanging fruit about how I want to improve my body composition, I probably shouldn't look in the exercise category of like, can I do more? Or, uh, you know, how do I, what squat variation can I do to maximize my results? It's probably like, why don't we just eat at a little bit higher quality? Why don't I try to adopt John's principle and that I probably eat similar amounts of food to John, but much lower quality, uh, especially when it comes to the weekends. So, and when I do that, that takes me from a three to a two. And if I really want to improve on something, it's probably my weekend behavior. And if I could take my weekend behavior from a two to a three nutritionally, I'll probably see dramatic improvements in nutrition.
0: Just as easy as that. There you go. And then you won't be 208 anymore. You'll be one ninety. What would you say,
1: John? What would you say you are? Yeah, it'll be 185.
0: Um, So in the nutrition category, I could give myself a three easily. I've gotten that pretty dialed in over the years. I'm in a really good spot with it right now. In the exercise category, I'd like to say, based on our rating system, in generalities, I could give myself a three, but realistically, for me right now, I could do a little better in the uh, quality of the exercise, right? I could probably pick some exercises that I don't like as much, but actually might be a little better for me. But like because I do my own thing right now, and I make my own program, I could kind of choose my biases a little bit. so if I'm being honest, I'd have to give myself a two in exercise, and I could I could push the needle there a little more if I got a little focused on that, on the quality of my exercise in a session.
1: Boom. And then if you, after you grade yourself one through three on each of these, both for exercise and nutrition, see what you think the limiting factor is. And I find this really interesting. We want to get these stats together and talk about them on the podcast, but we've been asking these questions at the end of programs, and the one through 10 on nutrition is staggering. The amount of people that we are working with that enjoy their exercise programs and are getting pretty good results and training really hard and enjoying the process from an exercise standpoint is unbelievable. Nines, tens, every single program on a scale of one through 10. On a nutrition, I'm gonna guess and say our nutrition on a one through 10 of our members that are here training is about an average of a six. Mm, yeah. And if you, can you imagine what the average results would be from a body composition perspective of our members if we took that number from an average six to an average eight? Yeah. Insane. That's it. That?
0: podcast over <laughs> just the most awkward ending ever it just, cuts, it just cuts out right there it's it's like an awkward silence that leaves them with that thought you know and they're like man i put down a number four i'm dragging that average down and just oh, the no. twilight zone music to finish yeah up. we should do that
1: <laughs> uh two days into summer shred just started everyone's weighed in uh, i'm excited about it i wish i weighed in because i'd already be a third of the way there if i started yeah. on monday um, but we're excited about the process, the communication, uh, and the accountability. Already seems like that's off to a good start. Um, and then both from the nutrition side, like uh, getting uh, getting Lauren to meet with everybody for thirty minutes, taking some Q and A's uh, from that perspective, and like what, reading some of the stuff on their on on her ebook. I think ultimately just watching everybody get pretty serious about this uh, for a six week time frame, and then hoping that we make a strong enough indent in their habits, that they carry some of this stuff out for the long term. This is exciting.
0: I'm still trying to think about quality and quantity of nutrition. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know what I was daydreaming about right now as you were talking about that? I was wondering if I could simply put up a visual for our our listeners and uh, link it and like just have a simple visual to go along with this podcast because I think it's going to help them out. And then I have to go back and take eight minutes out of the podcast where we went back and forth on <laughs> <laughs> both of us trying to explain the difference of exercise and nutrition because one of them is opposite of the other when it comes to quantity. Should have just said good or
1: bad. Yeah, oh, well. it's
0: just stuck with that like everybody else out there.
1: If you made it this far... Give yourself those one through threes, add them up, and then dissect them and see where you really need to work on. Because I know for me, it's definitely nutrition, and it sounds like for John, and why he still has boy band arms, is because his exercise isn't isn't necessarily a three.
0: Exactly. I'll get there one day.
1: Hit me, baby. Oh, wait, that, that's not a boy band. That's Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With All right. that, before, before, before any more <laughs>
0: boy band songs of Britney Spears, we are out. Peace out, everybody. Okay, guys. John here again. I hope you enjoyed that one. And I know that some of you are probably a bit confused. Like I said, James and I were very confused as we went through that. And um, I I really struggled to take out some of the parts because they were hilarious. The back and forth that we had. Calling each other out for saying the wrong thing. This and that. But uh, they just didn't add value to, to the podcast for you guys. So... Uh, The takeaways, number one, if you're confused, go to the link in the show notes and then you'll see a video uh, and some visual by me uh, for anybody that is not sure what that one through three scale rating system was, high quantity, low quality, this and that. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, once you uh, dive into that, don't get overwhelmed and try to do too much at once. I see a lot of people that you know change a lot at once. And here's the problem. If you change too many things at once, it's really hard to figure out what thing actually made a difference or what thing made the most impact that you changed in your diet or your uh, exercise routine. Uh, Talking with somebody this week, really what happened with her, she's, she's joining the Summer Shred, I'm really happy she's here, but it sounds like she's tried too many things at once, so that was what we just mentioned, and also not given any one thing a long enough duration to really give it an honest look as to if it works. So on previous episodes, I've mentioned things that I've tried and you got to give it a few weeks at least. And even a few weeks sometimes is not enough on a full effort to really know if something you're doing is actually making a positive or a negative impact. And that's why I said don't do too much at once. Can you imagine if you changed like five or six variables at one time and then you went for about three weeks and you're really obsessing on the number of the scale and the scale goes up by two pounds? Like, Would you really know what one of those variables caused that? And by that, you know, for that matter, if you weren't weighing yourself every day, would you really even know if that was a true way? And like James and I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So don't change too many things at once. And when you do make changes, you got to give yourself a little bit of time for those changes to actually set in and be noticeable either by the way you feel or the way you look. Okay, everybody, that's all I got for you. Check out that link in the show notes if you want a visual. Uh, And then other than that, stay tuned for next week's episode of the Fat Pratt Chat coming out on Wednesday.